Welcome to the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast, where each week we simplify the complexities of your leadership journey. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. We have a great show in store for you today. So whether you are listening to this podcast or you are watching us on YouTube, we encourage you to download the show notes and follow along if you can. My name is Amber Jordan, and I am here with Dr. Michael David Morales, a.k.a. Mo. Mo, how's it going today? Hey, what's going on, Amber? I'm doing well. I'm ready for your story today. Let's hear it. Okay. Well, you know, when my girls were little, we started them off in peewee soccer as soon as we could, as soon as they were old enough. And if you have not watched peewee soccer, that is the most entertaining hour of your life. There's these tiny little kids and the coach lays them all out in the field. And the second he puts the ball down, both sides just like whoosh to the ball. Like they're just this swarm of bees around this ball. And they're just following that ball in this like huddle all over the field. They're kicking everything but the ball. And it's hilarious and adorable. But it's not so adorable when they get older, right? So now a few years into it, the coach is teaching them, you know, about the game and about the positions and they're learning what they should should be doing. And and I remember one of my daughters was a defender, and, but she was fast. And so she would chase the ball all over the field. No matter where the ball was, she was running and trying to help it. And he kept trying to tell her, no, you're a defender. You need to stay back here near the goalie and defend. But Somebody would be in trouble or the ball would take off and she would just run over there and get it. And so I remember one time he had her on the sideline and he's like, look, I need you to stay in your position. And she's like, I know, coach, but I'm just I'm trying to help and and I can get there. And he's like, just because you get there doesn't mean that you should like you. I need you to play your position. She's like, well, I'm just trying to be helpful. And he's like, the best way that you can help your team is to play your position. And I was thinking about that today when I was looking over our show notes, because we're going to be talking about leaders find a role. And just like in sports or team sports or in leadership, it's so important to know your position or know your role, because that's the best way you can help your team. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that today? Wow. Uh, thanks for that. That was a great story. Good lead in. Sports is a, just a great analogy for life. And I mean, really, this is one of my favorite topics of leadership because it revolves around the team, right? And John Wooden always says that the star of the team is the team. And what your daughter learned is that even though she thought she was doing good, if she's out of position, then if something goes wrong where she's supposed to be, it's going to end up hurting the team. And, and, and it's only going to be so long until that happens. And so that's why we need to understand the meaning of finding a role. And if you want to be a good leader, you have to know your role. You have to know the role of each of the people on your team. And that's why we want to talk about this today. The roles on your team, the, the, the people that you have, making sure people are in the right place, making sure they're, they're playing towards the right goals. That's all important, whether you're playing sports or if you are in an office or if you're out in the field of life somewhere. And so, uh, you know, th th there can be frustration and pushback from your people. And so that's why we kind of want to tackle this today to alleviate some of that frustration. And so the first point, Amber, today is this. You need to know your role, right? <laughs> Before anything as a leader, you need to know your role. 
And I want to talk specifically on this point about what it means for you as a leader to know your role. If you don't know your role, then it's going to muddy the waters for everybody else on your team. And people are going to be thinking, well, what is he supposed to be doing? What is she supposed to be doing? <laughs> and you never want your people to be thinking that. In fact, John Maxwell says in his book, The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, that when you're a leader, you have to figure out what you do well and you need to stick to that. And if you're a leader, that's probably hard for you because just like your daughter, leaders, we just want to take care of everything. We, we want to fix everything. We want to do everything and we need to be everywhere and, and, and we need to make sure that, that everybody does everything right, right? No. <laughs> so when, when, when you're brought into a company, for instance, you're given a position of leadership wherever, if you're a leader out there. And, you know, in, in, most of us in our, in our, our positions that, where we work, we're, we're in some kind of leadership capacity. We have influence over people. And so the hiring team brought you on for a specific reason. And whatever they brought you on for, you need to know that. You need to make sure that you are absolutely clear about what your role is on the team. Because if you're not, you need to go to your supervisor. You need to figure out real fast what he or she needs from you, right? And so Maxwell puts it this way, more or less. He said, you need to find out what you can do that only you can do that nobody else can do. <laughs> and once you know that, everything else can be delegated. And when I say delegated, I don't, I don't mean that you get to shirk responsibility. That, that's not what leaders do, but they do delegate because you need to have less of the things on your hands that, that you're not good at, that other people are good at. You need to give power to people. You need to put power in their hands so that you can use your leadership and guidance to help them do what they do best. Okay, so when you go to your supervisor and you have you know a job description or a list of responsibilities, how, how do you, what are some practical ways that we can determine what we can do and only we can do or only we should be doing? How do we do that? <laughs> That's a great question. And actually, even the way you phrase that question, Amber, is much different than when you and I first started talking about this years ago, because you just said, what's your job description and your job responsibilities. You probably didn't even realize that, that, that you did that because now that's ingrained in you. Remember what we started talking about, as I said, Amber, what's your job description? And you kind of took it out and you dusted it off and you said, well, this is what I'm supposed to do and this is what I got hired for. And I said, okay, now what are your job responsibilities? And you looked at me like I hit you on the head with a two by four and you're like, I just, I just read you my job description. I'm like, yeah, that's your description, but what do you actually do? What are you expected to do? What does the boss want you to do every day? And you said, oh my gosh. And then you just laid out like a thousand things, right? And, you, and I said, that sounds a lot different than the job description. And you're like, yeah, it does. But to your point and to your question, what we started doing is we started living within your strengths. One of the first assessments that we took, right, was the Clifton Strength Finder. And you had already taken it, but I had you take it again to make sure. And, and right, it always changes just a little bit. Your top one, two, or three are, are about the same, but sometimes four and five switch, right? Well, leaders, if you don't know what you're good at, what, what you can do that nobody else can do that only you can do, start with something like that. And you don't necessarily have to take the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment, but that's a great one. I mean, that's the one I, I've been taking for years. And I always say, I want to live within that. Amber, you know that my number one uh, on the Clifton Strengths Finder is futuristic. I, I'm a future guy. When we're talking, I never get too far away from the future, right? And then we're talking about practical things and all of a sudden I'm talking about the future again. You're like, yeah, but Mo, I need to know what, what we're doing tomorrow. <laughs> and I'm like, but let's talk about five or 10 years down the road. You're like, yeah, Mo, we're not, we're not going to live to be five or 10 years down the road if you don't get this done tomorrow. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Because that, that's my strength and, and that's what I do. I love talking about the future. 
leaders, what is it that you like to do? What are you the best at? What fires you up? What 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 brings the, the the fire in your belly and just kind of makes you excited? That's where you need to start and start asking questions around those strengths. And I'll bet you'll find out why your company brought you in. But again, ask your supervisor, "Hey boss, why'd you bring me on?" And they'll tell you. Well, we brought you on to do this. Okay, that's my job description. Can you help me understand what the responsibilities around that are? So here's my question for this point today, Amber. What is it for our leaders out there that you can do that nobody else on your team can do? Pretty simple, right? It's different for everybody. There's no one size fits all. You're unique and you're a unique individual. You bring specific leadership abilities and qualities to the table. That's why you were hired at your company. They believe in you for whatever reason and and why, why, why they hired you or whatever. They want you to bring those things to the table and you need to live within those strengths. And I love the the strength finders, just the idea that they focus on your strengths is such a positive that it's not, you're not saying, hey, I'm the only one that can do this. You're just recognizing, hey, this, this comes natural to me. And when I'm doing the things that come most natural to me, it, it goes better for everybody else. And then we can help other people discover what's their strengths, what comes most natural to them. So that, which I think is going to lead us into our second point, but the first point was to know your role and what is point number two. The second point for today is this, after you know your role, you need to know their roles. Who's there? The people that, that look towards you, right? For your guidance and your leadership or your management or whatever it is, you need to know what, what they're doing. And I'd have to say that one of the most frustrating circumstances for anybody to be in is when they have a lack of clarity. We talk about this all the time on this podcast. We, I talk about it in my coaching, uh, in, at, whether I'm coaching young people or I'm coaching people through life. You know, th- there's clarity and then there's uncertainty. And when it comes to people knowing their roles, they can't know these roles until you know yours, right? But once you know your role, it's time to help your people understand their gifts, skills, talents, whatever you want to call it, those sets that make them complete as a person and how it makes you complete as a team. You see, the worst thing is to have a bunch of people on the same team with the same gifts. I mean, that's kind of boring, right? (laughs) I don't want a bunch of people like me. I can barely stand me. Right. And so everybody else is like, man, I, I, we all want to be unique, right? We, we want, we want to interact with other people that are, that are good at other stuff. So for instance, if you're somebody who's really good at casting vision, I just mentioned about I'm future. I'm a futuristic guy, a vision guy then, you know, that, that might be helpful for the people around you um, that don't have vision, right? And, and they might say, well, I didn't see it that way. And I didn't, I wasn't thinking about my life three to five years down the road. And so if you're a vision person, a future person, well then do that. But it, maybe you're, you're, you're somebody who, who deals with, with ideals and you're thinking, well, how do th- how are things supposed to be? What's the best way to do things? Those people draw us in and say, what could be? what should be. So whatever it is that, that you have on your team, your people have a bunch of different skill sets. You need to figure out what those are. And so the question that I, that I get from a lot of people, right. (laughs) Is they say, well, you know, like Mo, I'm not a vision person. And, and when I talk to you, like my my head starts spinning And, and, and I say, yeah, well, you know, that's why it's important for you to understand what's important to you. And that's why, again, I help people understand why the vision is important. People are like, Momo, why are we talking five, 10 years down the road? Because I might not even be at this company. I say, yeah, but the company's still going to be here. And you're part of that vision now. And they're like, oh, wow, I guess I am, right? It's my job to help to help them. And when people are good at other kind of, with other stuff, it's their job to help me. And it doesn't matter what position you hold. Everybody can bring something to the table. So 
when, when you have your, your people and, and you give them the best way to do things, the, the team is going to have a very high focal point on what the gifts and talents are for that team, which is what makes that team so special. So we're helping people, you know, first we know our role and we're helping people know what their role is, or we, actually we have to know what their role is first before we can right. help them know that. But again, would you say that the strength finder is, is one of the best ways to do that? Yeah, I, I love it. And whatever it takes for you to, to figure those out. And, you know, there's a lot of assessments like what, what, what part of the airplane are you or what color, you know, are you red, blue, green, yellow, and, and whatever it is, we've all taken them. And I love those. But my, my point is this, even though, um, you know, we, we, we have a lot of different people out there and they've got good things and bad things going on, there, there's a whole pool of talent. And we need to get people on our teams that can do the stuff that we can't do. And that's the difficult part for leaders. Meaning you have to be secure enough in your own leadership abilities to realize that, you know, you're not going to be able to do everything on your team. There should be a lot of people on your team that are better at stuff than you are. And you need to find those people. I always want people around me that have different skill sets. The best teams that I've been a part of, whether it's in a leadership position or someone that comes just to grab onto a vision and be a part of what's already happening in those situations is when those people, including myself, have different skill sets. It's fun because you start learning and growing in your own in, in your own person and who you are, and then you help the team grow and you grow as a team. And there's something special about that. So the question is this for 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 this point. And you should already know what you're good at, right? We 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 figure that out. But what kind of people do you need to have around you that are going to make you and your team better? What people do you need on your team to do stuff that you're not able to? What's the stuff that, that needs to be done on your team where everybody's just like, man, I wish we had somebody who could do this. Well, go find that person, right? Those are the, that's what you're missing. And that's why we're, we're really big on, on those personality assessments and the cliffs and the Clifton strengths finder. Again, uh, it, of course is, is my favorite tool. And that's why I mention it a lot. Uh, but, you know, it, uh, all these assessments, Amber, I, I, I always call them the cheat sheet, right? <laughs> it's like it's having that. It's like being a pitcher and going up and saying, what what do I need to throw? Well, here's here's the skill set. This is what I need to do. This is how I make people better. I need to understand the people that I'm dealing with. They need to understand me. And all of us need to adjust our personality and leadership abilities to help the people that are on your team. So leaders, you need to be the first one to do that. You need to know your people. And then since you already know your role, right, you can help them thrive and be a part of that team. So if you're in charge of hiring or recruiting, it makes sense that to kind of identify what, who do I need? What skill set are we missing? Let's go out and find that. But what would you say to a leader who's basically been put in, in charge of a team that's already been assembled. Do they play to like, how, how many, I'm trying, trying to think of how to ask this question. Like, I, I know you'd want to just, oh, we're missing this piece or this skill set. I want to hire right. someone. But if you can't, what do you do? You just play to the strengths of the team that you have and hope that that will work out. <laughs> what do you do? A little bit. A little okay. bit, which really actually leads me right into my third point today, which is this. You need to know the success path because 
if you don't know what you're trying to figure out, you're going to be dead in the water. You're just going to, you're going to be spinning your wheels and, and people are going to, some people are going to have some skills and, and doing some stuff well. And there's going to be some frustrations. And you're just going to think what's going on here. What are we trying to accomplish? Right? So, so when we put it all together, we, we really, we really want to see, okay, this is going to make it less difficult to kind of get to where we need to be. In fact, we always want to make sure that we're simplifying the process, right? And so what, what, what is our motto here at Rising Tide? Simplifying the complexities of your leadership journey. That's what we want to do. We believe that, that wherever you are, the approach with your team can be helpful if you are simplifying things, whether it's a sales pitch or, or uh, the entire business or, or your vision or your mission statement or just what's going on for the day. What I'm saying is that you have the ability, leaders, to simplify whatever situation that you're in with your people and you need to help them understand and know the success plan for your company. You see, when people know the success path and what they need to be successful at doing, it really opens them up to flourish and to get things done. And so chances are, if you're a leader, you have somebody that you report to. Most of us do, right? Uh, unless you own the company, in which case you're probably beholden to shareholders, right? <laughs> We've all got a boss. We've all got a boss, right? So we, we, we have to be able to adjust if we want to be successful. And so here's a question. What is it that you need to focus on in your role and the roles of your people to increase the success factor at your place of work? What's the missing ingredient? Chances are you, you know what you're good at. And I would even bet that you know what the people on your team are good at more or less, even if you don't, don't know their specific you know, skill sets and you haven't taken a, a personality assessment like Clifton Strengths Finder or whatever, but but you kind of understand. I'll bet, I'll bet you can say, this is what you we do well because so-and-so does You at least this. understand what they don't do well. <laughs> I think we can identify that a lot quicker. <laughs> I think a lot of people, that's where we start, right? But leaders, uh, that, that's a great point by Amber because once you realize what people don't do well, then you can say, what do they do well, right? <laughs> and I would say, if you want to be a leader that that is loved by your people and it's important to be loved and respected, is you need to be the one to point out not the bad things because everybody sees the bad things, right, in all of us, but point out the good things and, and run towards those things, right? Because if we can't put all that together, we're going to be out of the job. They're going to find somebody else who, who can do it. And, and we need to help our people get further than they otherwise could do on their own. See, it's, it's not enough that they're good enough, right? Everybody needs guidance. All of us have blind spots. The, the, the success, it's not always easy. Some, some, sometimes that's the hard part, right? But, but Tom Hanks says uh, he plays a guy named Jimmy Dugan in one of my favorite movies called, <laughs> you already know this one, right? We all know this. It, it, in A League of Their Own, when he's talking about baseball and why he loves it, and one of his players says, yeah, but it's hard. And he looks at her and he says, it's supposed to be hard. If it wasn't hard, everybody would do it. If it wasn't hard, everybody would do it. The hard is what makes it great. And I thought, oh man, that is so good. And so what is the hard part at your work? What is the, the thing that everybody's kind of dreading to do? Because it's probably part of what's, what makes your company good or great. Because in leadership, if it were easy, everybody would do it, right? But, but you know, nobody wants to take responsibility because when you hear responsibility, think of when something goes wrong, right? <laughs> but leaders step up and they take that responsibility. And so the final question is this, are you willing to do that? Are you willing to take on the responsibility to know your role and know their roles and then set that, that success path 
so that you can go in the right direction. And then from there, you can make decisions. I would hope that the road ahead for you is hard. Why? Because it probably means that there's something great at the, at the end. The adversity is going to shape you and your team as you traverse that success path and it's going to bring you closer together and it's going to make the victories even sweeter. Yeah, that really is kind of a motto of yours of like, oh man, this is going to be so rough. It's going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Okay. (laughs) All right. So, so leaders find um, a role in three ways. One, they have to know their role. They have to know their roles of their people, and then they have to know the success path. So before we go, Mo, what are your final thoughts for our listeners today? I would say this, my my hope leaders is that you are the right fit for your specific circumstance, whatever that is. Meaning right now, I hope that you're not living in frustration. Now, let me clarify that. Leaders are always frustrated, right? I tell you that all the time, Amber. She's like, I'm frustrated. You're a leader. Your job is to fix problems. And if there's not a problem, you're probably not pushing your people far enough, right? And so leaders, we're, we're never really satisfied with where things are. We want, we want our people and the company to go places that they've never gone before and be better. But it's always important for you to know your role and to know the roles of the people on your team so that you can navigate that correctly. And that's what will put you on the success path. Because when you begin to do this, people are going to rally behind you and run towards whatever goal is in front of them. And that's going to set it up for great things. And you're really going to succeed. Trust me, just watch. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you, everybody, for joining us once again, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you for listening to the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. Highlights and resource links are available for you in the show notes. We hope that you will join us next week as we continue on the leadership journey. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out and share with others so they don't miss out. See you next week.